you begin to hold the mirror against you and you look at your own reflection in the mirror. And then you ask yourself the critical question in the mirror, do I like what I see? Am I embodying the characters and traits of what I truly believe? And am I walking according to how it, that's effective to not only me, but the other people and that could be my friends, my associates or anyone like that. Are you ready to transform your life? This is a no-nonsense show helping immigrants like you create generational wealth, even while working full time. Get ready to take notes. Here's your host, Socket Jane. Welcome back, my great to wealth listeners. Today, I have a treat for you. I have uh, Dr. Derek Love. We'll go, we'll call him Dr. Love for this show. I love that name because we're all about love and impact in the world. So Dr. Love is going to be, he specializes in a very, very specific skill set where he's an executive coach. He's also has a, has a history of being uh, in the K-12 space. We'll talk about that as well. But really what I liked about him was he, when we say you want to be a leader, right? A lot of the leadership academies and leadership courses and discussion is that about what is a good leader? The bridge you have to build yourself from where you are to how to become a good leader. So what we're, what, what the angle Dr. Love has taken is, which I love about it is, is talking about you can't be a good leader if you're not aware of who you are, period, which I wholeheartedly agree. There was actually a Columbia professor when I was at a business school. His name is Hitinder Wadva. He's an ex-McKinsey consultant. He started a whole whole series of courses called Mentora, which is Mentors Online. But his course was called Personal Leadership, which was a, the same exact concept, Dr. Love, as in it starts with you. It doesn't start with somebody else. It starts with you. If you're not self-aware, you can't really be a good leader. So I love that topic. So today we're going to be, of course, like it or not, this is what we're talking about. This is for the audience. Hopefully, hopefully I've intrigued you enough to stay with us and I can promise you it's going to be a treat. Till the end of it, you're going to learn a lot about self-awareness, about leadership, than you knew for coming into the show. So, so get ready, take some good notes. And if you're driving, pause the audio. If you're, if you're not driving, if you're a safe location, keep listening because there'll be moments you may want to close your eyes and listen to these things because it, it needs to go deeper. That's that's the that's what I'll open this show up, Doctor Love. With that said, I've set a lot of good context here, yeah. and I'm sure I'm sure you'll exceed the expectations. Yeah, uh, no pressure. <laughs> really, no pressure. Like, yeah, no pressure. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Love, thank you, thank you for being on the show, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be a part of the show and to be a part of your listening audience. And so, just ready to have a great time in our com- with our conversation today. Yeah. So, Doctor Love, as we always open the show which is, what does the word migrate to wealth mean to you? Um, that word means to me is that how as a public service or a servant leader in this space and in, in leadership, how can I help more people be more self-aware about who they are and how they lead? Because I, in turn, think that impacts a new generation of leaders, a new generation of people who will go out and do great things and be influential in the world. And if I could be a token and or a, uh, a light that sheds that particular light on this space regarding how we do that, I think would be much more effective to society as we continue on in just making sure that humanity itself is good, right? And so that is my my response to that question right there. Love that. So how are you doing on that migration for yourself and your family? I am saying, hey, I, it's going well, I think, in that migration. That part is making sure that I lead effectively 
as not only in my professional, but also in my personal pe- in my personal life as well, too. I think it's very essential that we both lead in both spaces, both in, in professionally and personally. Um, but then also, how does that impact my children and how do I cultivate that level of self-awareness in my own children? So in turn, they also emulate the same values and morals and things that we're trying to instill to be effective in, in the world today. So wholeheartedly, it's a three kind of 360 piece that approach that, you know, holistically, everyone, all of it's involved, uh, mind, body and spirit in that. And so we want to make sure that we are that I'm cultivating that in that space. Um, and then also I cultivate that in my own personal space. But it's an all one work, though, right? It's yeah. never it's never a fixed mindset. It's always a continuous growth mindset. And how we continue to evolve and grow. And so we're always in that after pursuit of growing, always developing and then always being self-reflective as practitioners, as as husbands, as fathers, as mothers, as aunties, uncles, whatever your role is, right? right. It's being that reflective person that you are always reflecting on your core values. What do you believe and how are you contributing effectively to the society at large? Dr. Love, can you help us define the term leadership? Oh, wow. Great question. Man, that, I think it's so, it's a, it's a huge question, but most importantly, if I could maybe just sum it all down to just simplistic terms, I think leadership is about leading you first and then leading others. I believe that leadership is having a shared value, a shared value set. I think leadership is collaboration. It is vulnerability. It is integrity. It is being able to uh, also put in the work. I'm not just going to ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do myself as well. And then how, as a leader, it has to be bigger than you. It's not about you. It has to be greater than you, right? And so how do you influence those around you to bring out the best in them because that's when leadership is truly at its best. It's not about you being at the forefront. You've been in, you know, you can lead from wherever and whatever in the line, from the middle, the middle or the end. It doesn't matter. But the greatest joy of leadership is seeing others flourish. And, and when you see others flourish, it's a direct reflection on the leader because he or she was helped, was able to, to was able to facilitate that piece and that growth process for those individuals and those individuals will forever be changed. And then they just continue on that same perpetual mindset and perspective. But now they've been ex- exposed to something great. And once you're exposed to something great, you want to continue that same level of greatness and give that to someone else. So Dr. Love, give me an example of in that, in that frame, in that context, give me a different, give me an example of a good leader. Who do you consider as a good leader? Oh, I, you know, I consider the the Barack Obamas or Roosevelt or all the great leaders, Gandhi and all of them. And I think they all had a great impact on society at large. But I think about the local people that I, that have been my supervisors, right? I don't, you know, the people that I can tangibly touch and see, right? <laughs> you don't tangibly touch. Uh, not someone that I read about, but also, but I've actually walked with. And so for me, it's been my local um, supervisors and or leaders that have been really impactful for me. And, and, and the great thing about it was, is that some of them weren't the best at, in leading, but, and that was okay because not only did I, I learned from those who weren't the best, right? I learned what to do, how to do, and what not to do in those, from, from yeah. those, but I also took away the great things that they instilled in me. And so 
I learned from, you know, all of the past superintendents, my higher ed uh, colleagues, my higher ed supervisors. So for me, it has been the local people that have really played the most influential. And then also I would say my my own, in, in a personal way, it's my own father who's led our family and our own, our family as a unit, right? And so he's played a major influential role in how I lead as well too, how to have that level of empathy for, for other people. And um, I think he cultivated a level of self-awareness within the home at an early age. And so we always had a level of that. And so we just continue to cultivate that throughout adulthood as well. So as you reflect back three traits of a leader, I'm, I'm making it only three. I'm sure there are tons of them. If you, if you reflect back on what are the top three traits for you, because everyone has a different definition of a leader. Right? Everyone looks at leadership different. Everyone's style of leadership is different. So when you look at your old style of leadership, what are the three traits that jump out at you? Uh, the three traits that jumped out at me is servant, intentional, and collaborative. Servant, intentional, and collaborative. And why do we think these are leadership traits? Let me, let me give you a little bit more context, right? Because servant, and so I can repeat those again one more time. Servant, intentional, and collaboration. Those are traits of a good human being, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like to be a successful human being, to live in a society, you would think, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just pressure testing it to kind of give people an idea of how deep this, this goes. Because saying words is different than actually believing in it and why, to, so, so that folks can bridge the gap for their own traits, whatever their traits. So help me understand that because I, as I reflect on like, if I ask about what are the three traits for a good human, chances are you, they'll be similar to that, if not exactly. So give me why, why these jump out at you as a leader versus as a human. So the reason why I think as a leader is so impactful or so great is because if I can't serve within myself first, I mean, just being a servant, right? And then how do I then in turn serve others? It doesn't, it doesn't correlate. It doesn't fit. So I have to be willing to be able to serve and be the serve and show service and what service looks like. Mm-hmm. I got to walk out service myself as a leader. And I think when you walk out service as a leader, it also emulates that you're willing to roll up your sleeves. You're willing to get into the dirt. You're willing to stay and stay late. You're not just saying you're going to stay late, but we're, we all are going to stay late because we're all a team in that piece. When I think about the word intentional, I'm very strategic in how I approach things. I don't approach things haphazardly as, as a leader. I'm, a, I'm, I'm intentional. I'm strategic. I want to make sure that I am capturing every thought process in that. And so when I think of when I do my whole brainstorming, I'm looking for the ripple effects that can go from, okay, here we're rolling out a new IT initiative. So what are the things or misconceptions that people are going to have? What is every stakeholder going to need and all those kind of logistical things. So I'm thinking about all that. I'm very intentional, strategic. And then how I approach the members of my team. And that's a part of that being intentional and strategic because mm-hmm. think about every member is different, right? That that personality is not the same. And so, and their communication style is not the same. Right. So as a leader, I got to be very intentional of what that is because if I go to how I relate to a baby boomer and a Gen X or Gen Y and Gen Z is very different. They're two different communication styles, right? And so I have to be very intentional for how I approach that piece. And the other third thing I think of as collaborative as a leader is that 
there is no I in team. And so there is only a we, right? And so we process, a we thinking, a we mentality is able to move the organization, vision and mission and the goals of the organization. And so that collaborative piece speaks volumes because you can't do anything in isolation. You have to invest and you have to believe in your team members to be able to get that work done. And then how do you think of that collaboration is also too is when they are stuck, it's not about, oh, you're stuck in this aha gotcha moment, but it's more so how do I support this space? How do I support you getting unstuck and where are you stuck at and what resources do you need to be able to be effective? Highly important because and in that way, and so once you're also um, listening to, for the response, I'm not listening to just to listen. I'm right there, right? I'm actively listening not to infer, not to put in my biases, not to put in my judgments, not to put in my, infer my thoughts, but actually listening so that I can then inspire and say, okay, I hear you. I definitely understand that. And then paraphrase and re-clarify. And I hear you saying, these are the things you're going to need to be more successful in this space. Love that, Dr. Love. So now let's let's take a let's step the journey. How do you once once these qualities became clear to you, right? That mm-hmm. these are the leadership traits, how do you build the self-awareness to to bridge the gap from wherever you were at that time when these traits became clear to you that you want to develop these traits, be a good leader for yourself and others? Where does the self-awareness component play a role? <laughs> it's critical. It's, it's very critical. I you know, I tell when I into leadership. And I and and this is the reason why it's so the, the why behind the book. And I do would have to apologize to some people, sir, because I was not effective. It was all about me, me, mindset, my mentality, do it my way. This is my expectations, and that's it. So if you don't meet it, then bye bye, and that's your fault. It's nothing. Yeah. It, it's all on you. And so doing my early age stages, I wasn't very self-reflective at all. I wasn't very mindful of the tasks that were being given and how do I support in those tasks. So throughout my journey, and when I learned that these elements are critical critical for sustainability, mm-hmm. not temporal, not just temporal fixes, but sustainability and growth and, put, and, and effective productivity is when I began to switch into that light clicked on or the, the light bulb moment in about self-aware and learning what makes me tick, what governs me, what guides me, what is those things for me and so that I can in turn give those to others, right? And so I wanted to be able to give them the best of the best version of myself. Yeah. And so in order to give them the best version of myself, I had to be self-aware and really, really reflective about what I'm saying, how I'm saying it, how is that being communicated in a way that it not only harms, but is very impactful and it, it, it also influences to do well. So that's when kind of that self-awareness kicked in for me. And I would say I came into the leadership around about the age of 20, what, when I was 25, 26 as a principal leading a elementary school and quickly learned once again, that was that, but I had a baby boomer. So here I am, this fresh 26 year old won't tell his baby boomer what to do, right? It's so bad. It was a, yeah. it, I, we kept butting heads, butting heads and butting heads. And then I had to learn how to communicate with that baby right i had to learn how to navigate that new terrain that i was in in order to be effective and to lead her and truth be told and so and i did i i did master and i had to master me first right and get them and those awesome that's be if i could be transparent for your audience too 
because I had so many insecurities. Right. And those insecurities came out in me saying, you're going to do it my way. You're going to do this is what we go. You know what I'm saying? Instead of being collective and how do we get things done to be more effective? But those old insecurities and coming into leadership that I didn't know that were there. Right. And so that prideful and uh, egotistical kind of mindset and perspective, this is my way. You're going to do it like that. And so all of those things came out in my behavior and my actions and things that magnitude. And then I quickly learned how to grow. To be able to lead people, to be able to lead teams effectively. How does that process look like, Dr. Love? So let's say if I come to you in your practice and say that help me become an effective leader. How does that process look like? Well, first we're gonna first we're gonna define, we're gonna back up all the way. So how do you look at leadership and how do you define leadership? But then once you tell me how you define it, and then what I'm hearing for is the AI mentality language. I'm looking for in, in your response, if it's more of a collaborative, if it's more about the, you know, the group or the individuals that you lead or what I want to be able to hear that. And once I determine after that language, because then I couldn't say, so I was, if you were someone, yeah, I want to be better. I want to just, you know, it's all about, I, 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 then we're going to stop right there and says, Hey. You can't get anywhere about it all being about you. And then we'll begin the process of, hey, let's now begin the plan. How do we define our roles within your organization? What do those roles look like? And then how do we build trust within the individuals that you lead? Now, once again, I'm not a therapist, so I can't go deep like that. So it's strictly going, you know, but how do we develop that in you so that you can have best reviews so that in turn, you give them the best and they can be able to be productive. And Dr. Love, how do you help people define leadership? If I ask a random person on walking on the street, what does leadership mean to you? Most of most most have not thought about it, right? That's why I was being very careful to ask you that question because I'm in that space, right? If you ask a lot of people, they don't know the answer to that question. So how do you, how, how does one answer that question, what does leadership mean? They know what leadership not means. Most of us know that mm-hmm. because they've seen bad leaders. But if you ask them, what does a good leader look like? The articulation may not be there because if that's the anchor of uh, the next step, we need to make sure that their definition is rooted in some. So help me understand that process and then we'll go into the self-awareness. Yeah, I think one of the greatest things is that helping someone to kind of define or just kind of really identify it just may be asking a simple question is what traits do you do you associate with leadership though? because what you associated with determines what you really value and what you hold dear to you sure. and of you right and so how you associate those things then determines what you believe about it and then once i begin to hear how you associate those traits that then we can kind of move forward and really having a concrete definition of what leadership is and really building from the foundation layer of what you associated it with and then building from there an effective foundation of what it is and then helping you to understand how you fit within that leadership framework. Right. Now, that that, that makes sense. So, Dr. Love, when somebody is going through the journey of Mm self-awareness, because uh, how is that journey? Somebody painful, ecstatic, terrible, (laughs) <laughs> I think it's, I think you have, I mean, I don't know. It's like when you begin to uncover and unpack who you are, there are some sides of all of us that we don't like. There's some sides of us that you're looking like, oh my gosh, I, I, I've got to improve in that area for yeah. me as a person. And so it's painful. It's a painful process, but I think it's also a rewarding process because once you come out on the other side of that, then you see a much better whole version of who you are. 
you see the much better whole version of who you are, then you're able to give better to other people. Sure. And so really for me, it's, it's a painful but good process. It's an uncomfortable process, but I think sometimes we got to be uncomfortable to get comfortable, right? Or nobody who built wealth, nobody who, who who made a significant impact in society today didn't, was not ever uncomfortable. Right. uncomfortable because that was a driving force that pushed them to get uncomfortable, to get comfortable, right? And so it was a driving force or the they, the, the spark or the ignition to, to help them like catapult them to the next level. So I think that's where you have to be that level of uncomfortability to be able to move to the next phase of purpose or the next phase of your journey. So Dr. Love, who is a good candidate for coming to you? So let's just say I, I'm interested in this topic versus I need it in my life versus I'm passionate about it and I'm going to do anything that I can to change, right? The first is a very casual approach. The last, the latter one is very intentional and very determined. How does work, where do, where have you seen people being more successful? Because if they're just casually interested, so they can talk about it at a party, that I look out about myself, and but they don't do anything about it because nothing is driving them to change. Like in your story, there was a need because you wanted to, you wanted to make sure you can get along with the baby boomer. So you yeah. had to understand what's causing it. Now, the flip could have been the baby boomer individual in your story could have also paid attention to them being more self-aware. Mm -hmm. You took ownership on yourself, right? Like, I'm going to take it. I don't yeah. have to control on him or her, but I can mm -hmm. change me, right? Correct. So how does that how does that start? At what point do you think people are going to be more successful in that exploration and that journey? And what can they do before they get ready? I think that one of the, that's a very great question. I think one of the things though, is that you have to come into a level of acknowledgement of where you are in true transparency and form, right? And you begin to hold the mirror against you and you look at your own reflection in the mirror. And then you ask yourself the critical question in the mirror, do, do I like what I see? Right. Am I embodying the carrots and traits of what I truly believe? And am I walking according to how it, that's effective to not only me, but the other people that could be my friends? friends, my associates, or anyone like that. I think one of the greatest things that I've ever been asked to do, I think for a friend asked me was like, how good of a friend am I being to you? How good of a friend am I being to you? Right. And so it wasn't very, it was very like, and so being able to respond uh, and you can ask other people like being able to respond authentically, people are going to give you their honest answer because they want to see you grow. And if they're truly your friend, they definitely want to see you grow. And so I, that homework assignment will probably be asked of that individual too. But I think if overall, though, if you're looking into get into this space or get into just to have a, a, a proverbial knowledge of it and just kind of understand more about self-awareness, that's great and all. But I think if you're looking for a space to get into be, to something that's going to be transformational, not only for just you, but for your for your entire family, your your overall mental capacity, mindset, perspective then that's when it goes a little bit deeper into being more self-aware and what that looks like. And then something that's going to be, like I said before, sustainable. It's going to sustain you. Not It's not short-lived or temporary. Yeah. It's something that is going to follow you that you can carry into every space. And I think that is the key is that if I want to be great in every space, then when I go into a space, I got to be self-aware and in tune to be able to read a room. I got to be self-aware to be in tune to be able to know how to respond 
in a manner that allows me to uh, build more networking and more skills. I got to be able to go into to a room to sit at the corporate table and how do I communicate and articulate my product line? How do I ar- more communicate who I am to generate more wealth? And so I think also it, when you come self-aware, then you realize what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses. Correct. And then you build and capitalize on your strengths and your strengths now become, a, a, a become revenue streams, right? And so when you are able to open up to in that space, then you're able to see yourself more holistically and what drives you, what motivates you. And then you're able to move into, like I said, many different areas. So I think in, if, you, if you're coming forward to really advance yourself and the individual and more than just, like I said, then then I think that's where it gets deeper. But if you're coming like step forward, just say, this is a self-awareness. I'm great. I just want to hear more about it. Then I think that's good and all. I think, because I think, because once again, though, that's a seed that's planted, right? right? You may like, you know, I heard that we had a conversation to talk about three years ago and it's something sparks a, a conversation you had with a friend or whatever, and then it sparks again. And then you think it, and so then now you're ready to go deep, right? So now you're really engaged, like, hey, I think that's so, that's that's something right there. That's something to explore. And so I I've never discredited the seeds, right? That's been so or that's been that's been so because you never know when those are going to be watered and when that's gonna create more hunger and thirst will it to be better. Wow, Dr. Lund, such such a rich topic, Melon. Thank you for thank you for sharing all your insights here. I know I have a book as well. We'll talk about the book in a little bit here. Um, but we're coming towards the last segment of our show before we get into the book here. I do want to transition to two questions for you. One question, the first question really is more around, there's a 20-year-old Dr. Love listening to this podcast who has a baby or like on their neck. They don't know how to communicate with them, stuff like that. What's one advice you can give? You said they don't know how to communicate. Say that one more time. They don't know how to communicate with the generate people who are different than it could be because of different generation, it could be different gender, it could be different perspectives, especially the world we live in right now, a lot of different, there's less cohesiveness and more vision, at least way I see it. it so is. what's one advice for somebody like that, 20-year-old Dr. Love? Wow, a 20-year-old Dr. Love, I would say first and foremost, hey, I'm grateful that you're here, right? I'm grateful that you're here. I'm grateful that you have decided to even take the first step and acknowledging and really looking to see how can you be better. And so just acknowledging how you can be better shows, shows me that you have a heart of service, shows me that you will be intentional about about moving forward. So I would tell you that you, that 20-year-old, to to better learn how to first communicate is, is to communicate with others as identify how you communicate best and what that is for you. How effective is that for you and in turn then you can see how to be more effective in using that communication towards others there's a good old thing just treat others how you want to be treated show show kindness just how everybody else wants to show wants to receive kindness and so i would tell that 20 year old just to kind of follow in those footsteps and as you continue to evolve and you continue to uh, move forward in life know that that communication is going to get easier and easier and easier but it does come with most, it comes with practice. It comes with reflection. It comes with the willingness and open, uh, openness to, to continue to grow. And so to you, 20 year old, you're going to get there. It's all going to come in time. Don't worry about it. You are in a good spot. 
And I can't wait to see what comes next for you. Love that, Dr. Love. Next question is around, where do you feel humanity as a whole suffering right now? Where does that, where does the humanity need to migrate to it? Ooh, sir. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Like, that's, that's huge. That's a huge question. Humanity within itself. Oh, my gosh. We, humanity within itself is a very capitalistic mindset mentality about me first and never looking at the greater good. And I'm not saying never, but I guess not having an openness or willingness to look at the greater good and the, and, and the wealth of all people. I think that once one of the things I pick up that the reason for the book, and I talked about this earlier in the opening, is I do believe that when we create more self-aware people, we create more self-aware leaders in yeah. a society that changes the mm -hmm. landscape and dynamics of who we are. I think it lends itself to be that we have open mindset and, and not a fixed, we have a growth mindset and not a fixed mindset. That we're able to see differences, but, but appreciate those differences in a way that the space that we can talk, we can dialogue, and we can understand each other's perspectives. And I think at large right now society that we don't we're not willing to understand each other's perspective so we're talking at each other not to each other and so when we create the space of self-aware kids space of self-awareness and self-aware leaders they'll create what create an opportunity and space for society to grow at large and a different space a different well, a level of empathy a greater level of vulnerability a greater level of collaboration and working together and a greater ability to be able to look at the greater mass and create a greater influence. And so though that is what I would say about humanity, about what we need to grow. And I hope that we get there, right? You know, I hope that we can begin to really, really, really hold those conversations because our society at, at large right now is very divided. Um, we're a divided nation and I, you know, it's hard for a, a divided nation to stand, right? When you got your own, you know, so, but I have faith that we will unite. And so I'm just hoping that as we continue to look at these areas that we'll all begin to grow, we'll continue to grow. Right. Right. Dr. Love. And I come wholeheartedly agree. I think there's just, when you're talking as people and talking to people or with people, mm -hmm. it is going to, we're going to be talking across each other on top of it. Nothing is going to make sense. Although we've been talking the exact same thing. But in, but the reality is, though, sir, but they are, and then they're communicating the same thing. I'm willing to hear each other. And so you're saying the same thing. You, 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 you're both saying the same completely, thing. Completely, completely. I think it's become me, me, me mentality. I'm right. Why don't you listen to me? And Bend to my ways, because even though your way is also right, but I like my way better because I came up with that. I think it's just that, but I think to, to your point, though, if you're actually intentional about thinking, what are your flaws? Instead of figuring out what is Dr. Love's flaw, mm -hmm. a lot of that division problem in society is going to drop as well because now you start looking at how could I approach that situation differently. Correct. It's going to get diffused. Maybe not at the, moment, maybe not at the same time when you mm -hmm. try it because it's going to take practice. The other person, you're probably going to shock the other person anyways. Yes, right. <laughs> like I didn't expect that response. What? what? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. So, completely. So, Doctor Love, talk us about talk, tell us about your book, and then tell us where can people find you. 
Oh, thank you for, uh, you know, my book, I, you know, I am very proud of this work. This is my third book in self-awareness and leadership. Why? Lead us first, examine it, and then lead themselves. But it's a work of, of, it's a labor of love. It's a book that provides not only theoretical, but it provides practical. There is reflection. And as you can hear, I'm, that's, I'm the coach, right? I want to always see everybody get greater, right? And so you'll hear that cadence throughout the entire book. You learn from other leaders that have done it well. That's also in the book as well. High profile leaders that, are, that have been successful. And so I wanted to capture them as well, too, so that it gives you another glimpse, not only just, you know, local, but also high profile that have accomplished self-awareness and leadership and what that looks like. And so it helps you to like leave a legacy. How do I work in teams? How do I be effective at me? How do I be able to be a, a better? effective communicator. So this book is for every leader, every leader who is already, that's currently a leader. If you're an aspiring leader, if you are a person thinking about leadership, if you want to just know about being more self-aware, it, it, it will also provide you insight and value to that. Um, but you can also find me at my website. It's a great place to, to link up with me, reach out to me, which is newhorizoninstitute.org. On my website has a host of information about me, my, my books. I'm also a keynote author and speaker. And so about those opportunities, also about the coaching pieces are on there as well too. Just a wealth of information about the services that we provide. Um, and then also about if opportunities arise that you need something, then then you can definitely look this up. Awesome. Dr. Lowell, thank you again for adding a whole lot of value to others and giving a different perspective to our self-awareness and bringing and, and, and then closing the gap from being self-aware to being a servant leader. So thank you again for your time. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. If you got value from this episode, you might consider sharing this content with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to take action on what you've learned. One way you can take the next step is to connect directly with Socket on an investor call. That link is waiting for you in the show notes below.